absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, episode 45 of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm my good friend, Scott, I'm back from Japan. Scott, what's the good word? Yeah, so, uh, you know, testing out to see if my, my Jeep will make it across the ocean. Um, so, you've heard about driving cross-country. I'm driving cross-waterway. So, how's take that, that. How's that working out for you? Um, well, it's really wet. Let's just put it that way. But, you know, Jeeps can do anything. So, now that we're trying to get, like, a shameless, uh, not like I'm promoting our podcast shamelessly to get some sponsorship deals, but... You know, if you want a golf market Jeep, then by all means, hit us up. Hey, Jeeps might be able to do anything, but they certainly can't help Brooks Kepka with his knee. You saw he withdrew, huh, Scotto? I did see he withdrew. Um, prior to him withdrawing, he was actually getting outplayed by Chase. So, you know, I guess it was a good move on his part because uh, if you're not feeling it, get out. Um, you know, it's interesting because – we were kind of talking about, you know, whether or not, you know, the, the modern PGA Tour swing uh, is good for people's bodies. And I don't know, was this the first uh, the first chip to fall in the Brooks Kepka arsenal? I don't know. Yeah, right now, Brooks and Dustin are both on the shelf. Um, you know, both guys that are true power swingers with the new modern golf swing, limiting mobility in the lower half, keeping it real rigid and stiff. And that just puts a ton of torque on the knees. I mean, Tiger's been through a ton of it already. Uh, Jay Day has had issues. So it, it does worry me a bit, Scotto, because, I, again, we see this enormous um, burst onto the scene with a lot of these golfers. But the longevity of the Brad Faxons, the Justin Leonards, is not there anymore. Um, is this the first kink in the armor? Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it's just a simple little injury that he didn't fully heal from. Who knows? I guess I guess we'll see, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, you know, we, you never know. And, you know, maybe this is precautionary and it's not, you know, terrible and he wants to just let it heal up. Or maybe there's, you know, something wrong and it's uh, it's going to be a Tiger Woods situation where he plays through it and then needs, you know, some serious surgery. Who knows? You know, one of the things, too, with Brooksy is that you don't hear much from his camp. You know, he's he's like Tiger, very hush-hush until he's back practicing again. Um, you know, he said, hey, I got uh, – platelet uh, repair therapy done. I got PRP done in my knee and I'm good to go. And now this comes out. So, you know, what's he hiding? Why is he hiding it? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Not Very sure good. if he was a hundred percent. And the thing is, you know, you never know with guys getting these appearance fees going overseas. Um, there's there's a, a ton of sponsorship clauses in their contract, so who knows if he was rushed into playing because of one of those reasons, and he really wasn't completely healthy yet. And I just you know I truly hope for the game itself that he's not or did not do further damage um, just to fulfill a sponsor's contract. Yeah, that that's true, but you're right. I mean that is kind of the the seedy underbelly of professional golf. You know, because nothing happens without the sponsors. And, yeah, and there's a lot of money involved. And there's a lot of pressure on everyone to to fulfill those responsibilities. So, yeah. And you got to get, get the money while you can. And so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a double sword with these guys. Um, you know, you would think that Brooks is in a position where he doesn't need to really worry about that, but um, you know, again, you never know what a guy's financial situation is. Even when they win five, ten million dollars, you know, look at uh, look at Sean Kemp and any other basketball player from like the late nineties. Well, yeah, and that that's the thing. It's when your income 
is dependent on your body being able to do something, you know, then if that, if that goes away, what do you do now? You know, what, you know, what, what does Brooks Kepka do if he can't play golf yeah, or exactly. another sport? Yeah, you he's know, not the most uh, personable and marketable person, you know, for his personality. Right, and obviously he's, you know, he's probably been smart with his money because he seems like a pretty cerebral guy, but, you know, he's young-ish, and if no more money's coming in, you know, is he going to be working at a pro shop somewhere? Uh, I mean, not that yeah, there's anything wrong with that, Brooks but if you're from really Kepka, there is. What's that? I don't think Brooksy's got to worry about uh, ever going back to the, uh, you know, the banality of <laughs> simplistic uh, golf terminologies, being an assistant pro somewhere, working at uh, your local Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, no, Dick wouldn't hire him because they don't hire actual professionals anymore. That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, on the last pod, I was talking with um, – uh, what should we call Diego from McEwen Golf? And yep, we were talking dope, about dope interview, yeah. by the way. Oh, th- thank you. Yeah, he's a very, very cool guy. And uh, obviously, you know, we'll get into our sponsors later, but one of our good sponsors, and you know, we love their company. But one of the things that we talked about was fashion out on the course, and you know, it was very apropos that that him and I had both mentioned Justin Thomas as someone that really kind of, in my opinion, uh, personifies kind of new age golf fashion and just like that right after we talked about it jt wins in a hoodie uh what do you think about that look scotto um so if i'm correct that hoodie was part of scripting for one of the major championships like a weekend that he maybe missed the cut for. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, if it was that exact color and everything, but it is an RLX hoodie, obviously, from JT. It's from his collection as well. Yes. So I personally don't have a problem with the hoodie. Um, that may or may not be an unpopular opinion. Um, but, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's... It's no worse than the mock turtleneck or those like blade collar things or the what I'll call the Henley shirt. Okay, it's first of all, a couple it's, years ago. It's a million times better than any blade collar Nike ever made. Oh yeah, no, I, I was you know the uh, for the naysayers. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, look, I, I'm all about traditional style on the course i love it i i love those aspects of the game i love the quote-unquote dressing up aspect if you will but a, a great lightweight hoodie like that is is not only functional uh especially where where you and i live uh <laughs> but it also it also looks good it, you know here's a funny story i played with with mike creed um and my two sons at east potomac right a muni course i played in a mulligan's golf t-shirt and a nice pair of athletic pants. Scott, I have never been more comfortable out on the golf course. It was like taking a stroll with friends, just walking around the park. It was actually very nice to not have to wear like pants, a nice belt, a polo, you know? Not that I don't like doing it, but every once in a while, it really is cool to kind of dress down. It's like dress down day at work, you know, on, yep. on Friday. Um, you don't want to do it every day because you want to look like a professional, but Every once in a while, it's pretty damn cool to play golf like that. So I have this pair. They're dress pants, but they are made out of the same material as sweatpants on the inside. They look on the outside like dress pants, but they feel like sweatpants. Those are my, like, cold-weather golf pants. Because I can go out and look like I'm wearing a pair of regular pants, um, but... Obviously, I'm I'm wearing sweatpants, so you know, and that's the, that's the other thing with technology these days. They can do things like that. Um, I have a, a really nice uh, performance hoodie uh, that I you know I wear when I shovel snow. I've never thought about wearing it for golf, but I definitely wear it to the range all the time. So maybe that goes into the golf wardrobe now. Yeah, it's. Uh... You mentioned technology has really come a long way in terms of fabrics and and the like. Uh, you know, take take like those jeggings 
that every kid wears nowadays. You know, they look like mm-hmm. jeans, but they're super stretchy. And like those old Levi denims that you and I used to wear that, that were like cardboard or stiff as starch, you know, don't exist anymore. So uh, look, everything changes with time and you can definitely hold on to uh, an ode to the past and classics. But I don't personally see anything wrong with spicing it up a little bit or even dressing it down a little bit, as long as you're not wearing like ratty and torn clothing, you know? Yeah, and that yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I, I don't even get so upset about the jeans on the golf course thing. Uh, depending on where you are, obviously you're not rolling up to like Liberty National wearing jeans. Um, but you know, if we go to our local raccoon track and we happen to have a pair of jeans on, then who cares? Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Some of the most elite private clubs in the world don't have dress codes. You know, it's it's kind of like the, there's that old saying in golf that the the more that you pay for a course and the more private, the more elite it is, the more lax the rules are. Those mid-tier, mid-level courses that try to impose so many sanctions to make themselves seem like those mm-hmm. big time top tier courses are the ones that are really doing it where you go on and you're going to be a guest at someone's course, right? They're hosting you. You go on and you look at the, the, um, the guest rules and you yep. see a hundred different rules about which way your hat goes, where you can wear this, where you can't wear that, where you can enter wearing jeans, where you can't wear sunglasses. I, I mean, to the point where it's almost insane. You drive yourself nuts trying to remember every single spot on the property that you can or cannot wear a certain article of clothing. Yeah, I was at, so I, I don't, I'm not going to say the name of the club, but I was at a club one time and I, it was a fancy club and I did not want to change my shoes in the parking lot uh, because I was a guest and I want to break protocol. And the, the person who I was playing with was like, ah, you can change your shoes wherever you want. So we, we, the two of us went to another club owned by the same individual and thinking I'd be okay changing in the parking lot. I changed my shoes in the parking lot and was told, you can't do that here. <laughs> right, right. And I was just like, Ugh, whatever. Um, but again, it all, I think it all depends on the clientele. And you, you have to know where, you know, you have to know where you are. You have to know your audience. So right. if the audience isn't ready for you rolling up in, you know, gym shorts and a t-shirt don't don't wear that to play golf yeah i i i told totally you yeah no i mean you're you're 100 right there's there's some places that are pretentious just for the sake of being pretentious and then there's some places that are so elite that you feel like they should be pretentious and they're their complete opposite you know um mm-hmm. people are paying so much money for it that they just want them to feel completely comfortable uh, also on the docket tonight, Scott, Corn Ferry Tour finally announces its 2020 schedule. So, you know, we're obviously big fans of them. We do a lot to promote them. So we're very happy that finally they've gotten it out there. Um, we got, we have four new events that they added. They added the Lake Charles Championship in Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, the Veritex Bank Championship in Arlington, Texas, Huntsville Championship in Alabama. And the live and work in Maine Open in Falmouth. Oh, I think it's Falmouth, Maine. F A L M O U T H. Falmouth? I like Falmouth. Let's go with Falmouth. Okay. Um, the, uh, cool that they're going up to Maine. Yeah, pretty neat, right? Yeah. Um, you know what? Again, those are places that don't get a whole lot of you know, professional sports rolling through. I'm sure those are all great courses. Um, and you know what? They're going to get great golf on them. So a- anything that brings attention, one, to the corn tour, and two, to, you know, really good golf courses that no one maybe knows about outside of the locals, uh, I-, I like. Yeah, they uh, they did drop four events, which is odd because they dropped an event in Alabama but picked up another event in Alabama. They dropped an event in San Antonio, yet picked up another event in Texas. Um, They did drop the Finley Lake one, upstate New York, and they dropped the Hayward, California. So we're not we're not adding anything. Um, We are getting back 
the event in Mexico, which was gone for a year. And hopefully, I don't know the status of the two events in Abaco in the Bahamas that they start off the year because of the hurricanes and whatnot down there. But um, as of right now, those two are on the schedule. They are planning the leadoff, the kickoff corn tour. And those are the only two in a long series of events that are actually going to be televised. That's January 9th through 15th. That's the Great Exuma. Then you've got the Great Abaco, January 16th to 22nd. And then they take like two and a half months off with no television. Um, yeah, that, that I, don't, I don't love that because I, I like watching it and I think there's plenty of room to put that on the schedule for TV, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the one thing I do want to add is maybe those events they're dropping are getting dropped because they couldn't get a venue for them. Because you know how, again, going back to clubs, you know how some of these courses are, you know, they don't, the membership doesn't want the event here because it means, you know, a few weeks they're not going to be able to use the course, things like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, I'm happy. They've got 28 events, which is, you know, that, that's fantastic in and of itself. Um, our anniversary event, the Savannah Golf Championship, back on the schedule again this year that was very well received. That's March 30th through April 5th. Um, uh, again, a ton of different sponsors. So, so they're doing it, and nothing else changes. We still get 25 uh, from the from the points from the money list, and then we get another 25 at the Corn Ferry Championships. So, you know, Corn Tour moving along, kicking off, and that'll be January 9th. I mean, before you know it, it'll be here. Scott, you know what? Uh, uh, you know what makes me feel old. Uh, do tell. Uh, it makes me feel old seeing that Ernie Els turned fifty the last week. That's tough, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was listening to PGA Tour Radio just this morning, and they were talking about that, and. Um, I forget who it was. I think it was Brad Faxon, interestingly enough, you mentioned him before, uh, who was talking about when Ernie Els kind of burst onto the scene and he essentially found out about him from someone else. And basically he was told, yeah, this guy's just going to win everything. Um, and not that he didn't, but obviously being a, a little victim of the time, you know, he was hitting his peak he just happened to hit his peak at the same time as Tiger. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a guy, you know, while we were growing up with the game who was kind of just hitting the scene and now you're right. He's 50. Yeah. It's, you know, my, my indelible image of Ernie Els is him playing a tailor-made burner bubble shaft with the tailor-made um, burnt orange high crown visor. You know, I mean, like that's that's our childhood going into New York Golf Center and seeing him plastered mm -hmm. everywhere. Yep. So to see him as a as a fifty year old and realizing that if he wanted, he could jump right out on the Champions Tour now is uh, that I, it, it's just further proof that time never stands still. Everything's moving forward. Yeah, and and then the question becomes: Will he play the Champions Tour? Because he's kind of the first guy in that generation uh, who will hit that point. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great that's a great take. You know, he has fought off injuries the last few years or so. Um, he's obviously not competitive on the PGA Tour right now. You know, I saw him at the Wyndham. He had that arm brace that looked like it could have been on yep. a defensive lineman. You know, he's he's got tendon ligament issues. Um, you know, he has, you know, his son is autistic. He does a ton for the Ernie Els Foundation. Part of me wonders if he's a part-time guy just to kind of help the tour out a little bit. And if he doesn't just go off to making wines in retirement. Right. And, you know, and he, he definitely doesn't need the money, you know, and, and that's yeah, the that's thing. Insane. So, and, and not that there are another, you know, a bunch of other really rich guys out there. But Ernie Els was like the first one from the like, you know, huge Tiger salary bump or purse bump 
that's hitting that that age limit. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what happens. My guess is he'll play the U.S. Senior Open. Being a you know a former U.S. Open champion, I think that means something uh, for for the USGA and for people who are USGA champions. So you know, will that be it, or will he be you know teeing it up if they you know throw him some big appearances? Who knows? You know, everyone talks about the Corn Tour and all these guys up and coming, and especially the rookies on the PGA Tour. But the next decade is going to prove to be very either exciting on the Champions Tour or the Champions Tour literally falls apart. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's an interesting take. I, I don't think it'll completely fall apart because there's probably still enough guys that will be interested in doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Tiger and Phil probably aren't playing. Right. And even, even lesser guys like Ernie Els, Retief Goosen, you know, all VJ Singh, obviously out there, you know, all these guys that came up around that Tiger error in the next 10 years are going to be there. I mean, hell, in the next 10 years, Sergio is going to be approaching that age. Right. That's, that's a good point too. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's kind of like a hit and giggle type thing. Three day events, three rounds. Um, it, it, it's kind of like a, uh, a pension plan. You just got to go out and hang out with your friends a little bit in order to kind of get vested in it. Yeah, that's true. So I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is though with that. Um, hey, exactly. a, a, a soon-to-be 50-year-old in China almost had a hole-in-one, which is, you know, great in and of itself, uh, except this almost happened on a par-4. Did you see Phil lipping out for an ace at the club at Nine Bridges? Yeah, so that's just Phil doing Phil things. You know, uh, it's him being able to do almost anything with a golf club, I, I, I'm not surprised about. No, you can't be anymore. It's just, you know, I, I tell you what, man, you know, again, I, I'm not the biggest Phil fan in the world. I respect what he's done for the game. I, I do love watching him play. I would never consider myself, you know, a Phil guy. But let me tell you what, this dude looks to be in incredible shape this year. And the only thing, and I can't get this out of my head, Scott, is the man is doing all of this for Wingfoot. that to me like you know and i've been saying it that would be the ultimate golf redemption story so i yeah i mean i i think he wants he wants we know he wants the u.s open him winning it at wingfoot would just be the icing on the cake and it just happens to be happening this year so yeah he's it's like the he's gonna take that one last run at it yeah he is literally everything he has into it yeah, he's he's turned into the incredible shrinking man. Uh, he won't tell people what he weighs. I don't know why. Um, you know, he hasn't lost any distance off the tee. I'm sure he feels great. He probably feels like he's 35 again or so uh, instead of being 48. But looks good, feels good. Hey, you know, you never know. Things could happen. Uh, now that leads us, Scott, to where I believe he should have been playing but was not. Let's talk the skins game, buddy. Let's do that. So, so, so before we start, I, yeah. I, am, I am one of the people who looked at that and said, oh, this is at midnight. I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock, sleep for three hours, wake up at midnight, and watch as much of it as I can before I fall asleep. When you told so me I, you watched the front nine live, I thought, you know what, Scott, you're a lunatic. And then I realized who I'm talking to, a golf lunatic, which, you know, makes sense. So let me ask you this before we delve into this. Was it worth it? Was it worth staying up? So I think if I had watched the back nine, it would have been more worth it. I will say this. The the first I'd say two holes. I was like, what did I do? Why did I wake up for this? I was in bed watching it. I was watching it on an iPad. Um, and I was just like, why, why did I do this? I should have slept. It's a work night. I, I'm an idiot. 
Um, but after the the second hole, I thought they the players kind of loosened up a little bit. Uh, they got a little bit more comfortable with each other. Um, I mean, Hideki, I still felt was kind of like on the outs for most of it because uh, there's that little bit of a language barrier. Um, All right, but let me stop. Hole, let me I, just let me stop you right ahead. there. Little bit of a language barrier, Scott. The man said nary a word the entire time. Yeah, no, not at all. The only, I mean, it was, it was literally like the token local. There was no reason for this man to be there. And on top of it, he played awful. And I'm going to offer you this up. I don't think it was after the second hole, because if you remember, Scott, on the par three, fourth hole, three of these fools hit it into the water. Um, I was, I think that was the fifth hole. A fifth hole. I, it, the one that Tiger won with a bogey. Yes, that was the fifth hole because day one, the third hole, the fourth hole carried over, and then okay. Tiger won. With, Tiger won with a bogey on the. Okay, so that was so, the part three. I mean, the golf was yeah, atrocious. The fourth hole, the fourth hole was where, and that was what really piqued my interest because it was the hole with two greens. Yes, I okay. So, all right, because we're getting off, we're getting off track now. So let's let's yeah, get back. Sorry, let's sorry, you, sorry. To you being up at two a.m. Um, at what point? What point hooked you, Scott, to keep watching the front nine? It was the it was the fourth hole with the two greens. I was like, this this course is bonkers, and I want to see more of this. Unfortunately, I think I was the only hole like that. But, but yeah. That was what that was what kept me into it, um, and then I was almost out of it. And then on the seventh hole, uh, Jason Day started wearing Tiger's clothes, so that was fun too. And then I fell right. asleep. So let's get to that in a second. Um, the double greens are actually that's a a big thing in Japan. So supposedly they have, and I did just a tiny bit of research. They have summer and they have winter greens. And so they designate one with, I guess, summer grass and one with a winter grass. So courses played year-round, golf is played year-round, and there's a lot less wear and tear. So what we saw there were both the greens uh, being accessible. Now, one thing they didn't talk about, which I wish they would have, was if the grass was different on each. Because remember, Tiger was the only person on the green to the left. And yeah. and yeah. was that grass different than what they were putting no. on all night long? I don't know. But supposedly and, that is very customary there. Uh, a lot of the courses have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just like, you know, to us we have uh, Bermuda grass, uh, you know, down mm-hmm. south and in Kentucky bluegrass up north. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. Um, right. Now, J-Day wearing – tiger sweater was hilarious uh in and of itself and but that was the moment that clicked to me and i did not watch it live trust me i watched the front nine at work on uh what's today tuesday on monday and i watched the back nine only this morning but here's here's what struck me at that point in time scott which one of these is not like the other aside from the language barrier all three guys played tailor-made clubs all three guys wore Nike apparel. And then there was the one that stuck out like a sore thumb. So, again, the money that they played for was nothing because the back-end money from TaylorMade and Nike had to be enormous. And then there was Hideki hitting his Shrikshan ball uh, all over the planet. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Nike connection between Day, Rory, and Tiger was not lost to me. Um but you're right, that is the moment it became the most apparent. And I was one it was, you know, athletes with four different apparel sponsors. If, you know, Day would have thrown on Tiger's vest or if he would have asked someone to, like, run to the locker room and grab him one. Right. That would have been very interesting. If Day was absolutely freezing, would he break, quote-unquote, kayfabe and wear an Adidas um, pullover. Would he wear a Dunning or a Cutter and Buck pullover? I'm not sure. I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I would say no. So Tiger was cursing a ton. I loved it. 
Um, I love I love when Tiger. Yep, I love when Tiger is Tiger. And look, Tiger is a still an insecure nerd, right? But he's a golf nerd, and he's looked upon as a deity on the golf course. So he says and does whatever he wants. He was playing like crap. They all played like crap. But Tiger was getting mad at himself, which you can. You can see, even in a, in a made-for event like this across the world, halfway across the world, the man is is just the ultimate competitor. Right, and at this point, he, you know, and obviously he's he's playing golf against you know Day and Rory and and Hideki, you know, for for the day. But in reality, there's only two people he's playing against, um, and one of them's himself. And the, the other is Jack Nicholas. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. You know, so when he gets mad about a shot like that, it's not about that shot and it's not about that round of golf and it's not about that skin. It's about, and, you know, we, we he, to overuse a phrase, it's about the process of Tiger getting ready to play majors. Yeah. Because that's who he's playing against. You know, I, I, I didn't expect the golf to be great and i don't think you really can when guys are coming from china to japan they're probably semi jet lag from going all the way to china to begin with they've got the zozo championship coming up this week the weather there has been awful they had that typhoon that impacted mm-hmm. a ton of the area which they're getting like uh still some weather from those after effects uh but you can tell that no matter where these guys go in the world, that they are revered. People were out in droves. There were people on stools, literally standing on stools. I don't know how they got them to the course, if they carried them around all 18 holes. But on PGA Tour Live, I saw people standing on stools. They had their periscopes. I mean, you know, they don't go there often. It's not every day that you get First off, it's not ever that you get the PGA Tour. You know, the Zozo coming up this week, which is the course that they played at, you know, which is a courtier, a courtier golf Narashino country club in the Chiba prefecture in Japan. That is the first time that the tournament is ever sanctioned by a PGA Tour in Japan. Now, that deal with them lasts till 2025. They're going to keep on coming back during this newly minted um, October, excuse me, October Asia Summit. Right. Yes. Did I lose you. Uh, no, I got yeah, I got you. Okay. Right. A little, a little, little okay, big deal. Not nah, no worries. So, um, but the the field yeah. the field is is really great, Scott. You got the top sixty guys from last year's FedEx Cup, uh, which you know is fantastic. But you've got a small field, and then you've got obviously like the sponsors exemptions. So again, this whole entire tour of Asia is just a cash grab. That's it. You know, no cut last week at nine bridges. Zozo this week playing for 9.75. Last week was 9.5. Next week, WGC is 10.25 million. So they're just throwing money at these guys. And again, there's so much money on the back end that it almost makes no sense for these guys uh, to not go over there. Right. And, you know, you can still, they can still do it. They can still be, you know, back for the holidays. The guys that are playing are going to, you know, plan their schedule around it. You know, they'll, they'll go out there, they'll play some tournaments and then they'll come back, shut it down for a little bit, you know, recover from the jet lag, recover from the travel and then, you know, start again seriously, you know, in Hawaii and then you know, do that. Then take a couple weeks off, take some, you know, take some time to rest and then go back at it again. And it's, you know, it's all about peaking at the right time. So yeah. if they can no, make some money that's, now. That's, that's great. Yeah, because, because these, these tournaments here are not ones that are really going to affect the guys. And, and honestly, I don't think too many of these guys are really grinding and worrying about performance. It's more about, you know, hey, if I've got the feels going at the beginning of the week, I'll try to ride it. Let's see what happens. A little bit of pressure is a good thing. I'll see how I operate. Uh, but I think a lot of these guys are just over there, get their money. Whatever happens, they're going to bring to the course that day. If they're hitting fades on the 
practice driving reins, and that's what they're going to play, even if their primary shot's a draw. You know, you're just going to play with what you got. You're not going to grind. You're not going to fly your instructor over or really work about work on your putting. You're going to play there for three weeks. You're going to come home, decompress, sit down with your, you know, your physio guy, your trainer, your mental coach, your caddy, everyone else on your team, and then you're going to plan out your schedule for 2020. And then, like you said, you're going to start in Hawaii, and you're going to go from there. Um, so look, these guys have a, a tough travel schedule. It's a grind out there, but if you make it this far, congrats, you're getting rewarded. Right. And again, and they're not traveling the same way you and I are. Um, and you know, it's an opportunity to kind of hang out a little bit too. Yeah. And you know, you know it, what it, it is it's too? Little... It's, it's an opportunity to grow your brand overseas. Exactly. And and an opportunity to grow your your sponsors brand overseas as well, you know. Yeah, there's definitely that going on too. I'm sure. That's like definitely you know, some of those backroom conversations. Yeah, and when you've got an, an area of the world that's home to what three and a half billion, four billion people, um, there's there's a pretty good wanting audience, even for a niche sport like golf. Well, I don't know how much of a niche sport it is there. Like no, I mean, it, yeah, it is pretty big, yeah. but I mean, like, compared to, like, you know, let's say the NBA or something along those lines, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. Um, all right, so we put this question up on Instagram, so we got to give people the love out there and, and thank them for voting for it. So, Scott, on Instagram, you and I put up, uh, what can we do to fix these skins game? Because this is number two in, in kind of, let's call it skins games 2.0, right? The old ones were great. Like, they were gr- they were fantastic. You had Lee Trevino, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, uh, Gary Player, all these fantastic personalities. But before I even get to the question of what we had people vote on, I feel very much in favor of the fact that a lot of these guys are not being themselves out there because of sponsor obligations. Let me give you a personal story. I know a, a, a golfing pro who is one of the funniest individuals that I know who has a fantastic sense of humor and who is very quick-witted with comebacks and will give the needle to all of their friends. But between what that person does for a living, a lot of that personality is shown because of the fact that that person needs to satisfy all their sponsors. I feel like right. on, on these skins games, even though, okay, Tiger throws out a curse word here and there, or Rory talks to Tiger about rugby and stuff like that, a lot of their personality is still not being shown. That you know, That's the thing with golf still. Even though they have golf Twitter and Instagram and they're more vocal than they were in the past, these guys and girls are still not exactly who they are behind closed doors and and that's what i think we need in order to make these skins games better is to say look let them cut loose for four hours for a round and let them just be themselves uh i think that would definitely go a long way um i also and it's i don't think that they pick the wrong people to do this because i think those are you know at least three guys who are pretty engaging plus Matsuyama, who's a, you know, a great player. Um, so I think that this was certainly a, you know, a good group of, of players, but uh, you know what? It's, you know, I think the total purse was 350 grand. Right. That, that's not getting any of these guys going. It's, it, 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 it's just not. And, you know, we can talk about, Oh, 350 grand, a ton of money to just play golf. Yeah, it is for me and you, but for, for tiger, uh, you know what? 350 grand, nothing, you know, Rory just won how much money. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So if, if this was worth something, uh, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be money, um, you know, obviously make it worth money, but let, let's tie some bragging rights to it. Let's make it a thing. Um, I don't know, you know, how doable this is, but if you kind of ran this, you know, 
periodically during the year um, as, as maybe like a nine-hole thing that you run in prime time, like the old, like, you know, Tiger and David Duval battles. Uh, you know, is there something you could do with that? I, I don't know, but it, for me, it just, it, it's not worth anything to them. So they're just out there almost going through the motions. Yeah, they're doing it more for their sponsors and, again, to grow their brand. Now, Dan from Train on Main made a great point just like you. 18 holes seems entirely too long. I love the double greens. I liked when they had these rugby guys out there because it was something completely different. So let's let's switch it up. Let's make it nine holes. Let's have a celeb with each golfer for the first three holes or the last three holes or whatever. Um, let's Let's have them literally open up their own wallets and, and gamble for some cash that they have in it. Let's see money exchange hands. Let's do something completely out of the ordinary. Let's do it during the year, like you said, but, oh, hey, you three guys aren't playing in this week's tournament. Listen, we'll give you 500 grand to come out. You're not going to play for any prize money, okay, but we'll give you a $500,000. Uh, we can't call it an appearance fee, so let's call it a playing fee um, in order to make that happen. And so now the purse becomes 1.5 or becomes 2 million or what, but it's got to be different. Now, right now, the poll that we're running on Instagram, 71% of people that voted said that we need better characters out there. And 29% said we need to get rid of the skins game. If it keeps going like this, Scott, I am going to change my mind and say to get rid of it. So I need to ask you this question. I and you and millions of people out there are enormous Tiger fans. He is the game to us. But does Tiger necessarily still need to be involved in the skins games? I feel like people walk around on eggshells around him. No one wants to um, completely interact or interface with him. They don't want to be the one starting the conversation. So it always comes back to Tiger being the lead. And Tiger is not the lead in that situation. Tiger's the guy from the other side of the putting green that when you miss a putt goes, hey, dude, that's why you've never won a major before. Yes. You're, you're totally right about that. Um, so, do, so do we need him still? Or can we let some other young stars shine and be themselves? So... You and you bring up a great point about letting other stars shine and be themselves. You know who I would do this again with? Tell me. Uh, uh, Rich A.T. and Jordan Speed. All right, hold on. Just repeat that again because you cut out a little bit there. So I do with the Spring Break Boys. I okay. do Ricky, J.T. and Jordan Speed. Hey, what you're gonna you're gonna just leave out Smiley because he's in a little bit of a down slump here? Um, I think you got to go with with someone who's an actual an actual name in that spot. Um, you know, maybe you bring out Rory, maybe you bring out Brooks, maybe you do one of those guys. Um, you know, who's kind of in that generation, even though obviously they're a little bit older. Um, but but some of the like post Tiger stars. Um, and I think the, the, you know, obviously the three, you know, the three spring break guys are the, the ones who I think are one most visible Two, I think they would play really well off each other. Um, because you know, you've already seen it, you've already seen them being themselves. And if you give them the opportunity to kind of be themselves, they will be. And I, I don't know, I think that would be a good way to start. I'm just, I'm just, you know, the, the, the naysayer in me right away says, is Ricky ever going to really be himself with the amount of brands that he's sponsored by? And I just, I just don't know. Um, I love the idea. I love the mindset behind it. You know what I like on the course? Surprises. Hey, guess what? Before we're out playing, well, guess who we got on the third tee box? And then out behind a curtain pops their wives. Hey, they're hitting the first tee ball for you guys. You know what I mean? Something like that. It needs to be goofy. It needs to be dumb. It needs to be the furthest thing from regulation golf. It's not real. It doesn't count for anything. In, in two decades from now, no one's going to remember that Jason Day won 
however much money, 180 grand. And and no one's going to remember that or, 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 or uh, on Phil's Hall of Fame speech. Well, Phil might say in his Hall of Fame speech that he beat Tiger at that, but nobody cares that he did. You know, only Phil cares. I don't even know that Phil cares about that, to be honest with you. Well, he cares about beating Tiger. Yeah, but I think deep down Phil knows that he's he's not even yeah, it, I think deep down he knows it doesn't count. Phil's Phil's the Hall of Fame speech is going to go like this, you know, and I've done all these things but there's one thing I'm most proud of, and that's beating Tiger for 9 million. And Tiger's just going to stand up and with whatever however many majors he's won by then, he's going to just be like, "Hey, 19, bro, or 22 or whatever it is." I mean, it's still right. might be 15 at that point. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's the thing. I think and I think even deep down, if Phil makes that reference, he's joking. He yeah, he knows Tiger's he knows Tiger's got him. Of course, of course. But I mean those those are some things that need to be done in order to freshen this up because they have they've had two cracks at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, if you can't get it right with Tiger and Phil and then you add in J Day and Rory, and again, I'm not even going to mention Hideki because he was non-existent. It might as well be you and me in there. Um, then you're not going to ever get it right. And you know what they should do? Get rid of the Hideki model and just throw a regular dude in. Run a contest through GolfChannel.com or PGA Tour Live or Golf Digest or something. And, and have a normal Joe like you and I or any of our listeners out there be able to, to enter as to why they should be in the contest and let those dudes play. It, you know, the other, the other possibility is turn it into uh, a team event and have a, a tiger Phil, you know, tiger team, captain, a team, Phil captain, a team, have them have a draft. Um, and maybe you bring in, you know, a couple LPGA players and a couple, you know, Champions Tour players and a, you know, a couple average Joes. That would be and, that would be that would be amazing. Tiger and Phil up there debating whether they wanted to pick me or you. Yeah, or you know, or you know, you throw in maybe some golf media members. You know, uh, you know, me and you, or you know, you throw in, you know, Nats. You know, whatever. It, it almost doesn't matter because it's it's a little bit different and it's quirky. Tiger and Phil are involved, and it it's it's just fun. Yeah. And you and and you do it, you know, as a a prime time event. It can be on Golf Channel or whatever, and make it run for like six weeks or something like that, and. You know, there's you know have like the drama of who's gonna match up. I, I don't know how you run it, but make it make it entertaining. Yeah, no, I mean that that's a great idea. I can visualize it. I can conceptualize it. I love it. Um, but instead, what we get is at midnight, from midnight to four fifteen a.m., we get a skins game with three guys that spoke to each other. Meanwhile, there were four playing. The golf was off. Uh, and it got dark by the 16th hole. That's what we got. Yeah, very dark. Uh, again, it is what it is, and we've got all the great ideas, but no one's listening. Yeah, again, golf would be better if we were in charge. Yeah, so. that is the God's honest. Um, Scott, so let's just tell people real quick uh, to go out and check out some of our sponsors and some of the friends of the podcast. First off, definitely check out Mulligan's Golf, mulligansgolf.com, Mulligan's Golf with a Z Mulligans on Instagram. They make just some great cotton t-shirts, some great hats, and just a real cool uh, golf lifestyle apparel company. Check out our latest pod before this, episode 44, with Diego, uh, the owner of McEwen Golf, an outrageously hip golf company that does hats and is slowly getting into polos and t-shirts. Some of the freshest hats that are out there. Uh, and also want to give a nice shout out to Boston Scott Golf, uh, right out of my home state of Pennsylvania. And we're going to be hooking up and playing some golf soon and recording a podcast with them. Really super nice luxury style polos and hats. They're getting into the PGA Tour and Corn Tour sponsored game. 
So check all those out, and then also check us out on Twitter, where we do a little bit of work, but our main social media platform, Instagram, and that is at Leave the Pin. So, Scott, uh, you got any golf coming up for you? What's new in your golf world? Uh, there is literally nothing going on in my golf world. Um, I don't know when the next time I'll be playing is. I, I Other than hitting balls in my yard, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I'm, I've shut it down for the year, but it sure feels like it. Well, I refuse to go out crying, Scott. I'm going out swinging and fighting. I, I played nine holes yesterday with Drew. We had a gorgeous day. Pouring out. My plan is to get out this weekend, and I'm going to keep swinging until the ground is completely frozen, and I've got to use a hammer to get a tee into the tee box. Well, I, I think there was one year you and I played the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, there and- was. And it was icy. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I'm not saying I'm hanging them up for the, the year, but I just don't know when they're going to, you know, when the clothes are going to come out again. But yeah, I understand. Still my trunk, so I still my trunk. So there's always a possibility. Well, you always got to keep them in there because you never know who's going to call and invite you out to play. Well, and, and so speaking of people who invite me out to play, the only other thing is my, you know, Al who's the, an older gentleman who belongs to Fancy Private Club. Right. I ran into him yesterday, and he's like, yeah, we had to go out and play. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, I, I just don't know when, because he babysits his granddaughter all the time. Um, but it's, it'll happen. I just don't know when it'll be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so anything else, bud? Are we good to go? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's been, uh, right. been fun. I, I've made it back from Japan. I'm I'm almost home, so it's pretty quick, man. Uh, you know what? I I think the the space time doesn't function properly in my car. Uh, so it only took me it only took me an hour, so did I'll count that Bryson as a win. Bryson design that car. You know what? I think he did. I think he did. Well, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right, be good.